South Korean President Moon Jae-in says President Trump should win the Nobel Prize. Trump just wants to win the award so that he can have a Russian prostitute spank him with it. As the Trump administration prepares for a summit between President Trump and Kim Jong-un, Condoleezza Rice is warning the president to beware. According to her, Kim Jong-un has even more dandruff than Macron. Oh, <laughs> Nickelodeon is rebooting the kids' show Double Dare. They're updating the challenges for 2018. For example, instead of crawling through slime, kids will lobby for gun control. A database shows that President Trump has made 3,000 false or misleading claims since he took office. That's, appro- <laughs> that's approximately one lie per bucket of chicken. <laughs> Female employees at Nike headquarters are continuing to come forward with stories of sexual harassment and gender discrimination. So when they said, just do it, they meant tell women to smile. And finally, on an episode of Ellen, NSYNC played a round of Never Have I Ever. Things got awkward, though, when Ellen said, never have I ever asked Justin Timberlake for money. The Trump Report report starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, that's right. Anytime you have an excuse to play a little Duran Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf, uh, it's a pun because of Michelle Wolf, who hosts ah. it in the correspondence center. And. Perfect opportunity. We have Duran Duran playing in the background, and I'm explaining the title. Uh, let's show this week's thumbnail from our friend Marissa in the booth. Uh, it's uh, some fine work, and it is also the first thumbnail that does not feature the face of President Trump. Look, there were opportunities you could have indeed put Trump's face with Simon LeBond's hair mm-hmm. over it, and I think that would be horrifying, and I don't think any of us would be able to listen to Duran Duran ever again. No. In any case, uh, thanks... Thanks to all for uh, their involvement in that. Basically, thanks to Marissa for making that and for playing the song. And thanks to Michelle Wolf for giving me the excuse to use it. I am indeed Christian Blythe. This is indeed the Trump Report. I keep looking between cameras for no reason. <laughs> Hello, my camera. Hello, our camera. Joining me on our camera. It's not just my camera. It's our camera. Chelsea Galicia, say hi to the people, please. Hello to the people. And on the other camera, we have Tamara Brown. Yep. Hi, I'm Tamara. <laughs> Responsible for all the jokes this week, so thank you. And uh, one of them was was too good for me to take myself. I felt bad, so I let you oh. have my favorite joke this week. Some weeks I will take the favorite joke for myself, but uh, this was not one of those weeks. And on the other end of the desk, wasn't sure if he'd make it today. Scott Moore. I'm here. But uh, it helps that you... He said that so disappointed. I'm no. I'm, yeah, we're really I'm counting here. on not having Scott today. I had... I, my enthusiasm. I ran Scott. out of other things to do. My laundry was yes. done. I Scott figured my taxes well. were already done. I Scott mean, works at the deli downstairs yeah. from the studio, yes. and he was busy slicing some meat. But you know what? The People lunch are going to believe that. The lunch rush was over. Like he was actually at the daytime Emmys three days ago because like, he that was actually nominated. But that could be exactly. Was, this is my day job. I mean, I, I went to four <laughs> primetime Emmy Awards. And does that mean I'm a classy individual? Maybe. Probably not. I, I'm definitely not. So <laughs> Some idiot didn't turn their phone off. I hope he Just turns is. it off soon. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a lot to talk about. And I will start with the correspondence dinner, because uh, that's where we got the title for our episode from, uh, there's uh, been much ado about nothing to some people, much ado about something. Uh, for me, it's much ado about who? 
the hell is that that they hired for? Remember when the Correspondents' Dinner was amongst the most famous comedians uh, in, in the world, or at least in the country? And uh, this is not the first time, and maybe because the award has lost some of the cachet, but uh, I had no idea who Michelle Wolf does, or who she was. She had some very good jokes, and she also had some real stinkers, some really, really bad jokes, and then there were also jokes that... Okay, it's probably fun in the Daily Show writers' room to make jokes about abortion, but I don't know if that's really what you want to do because that's what people say that the left does, and that's this kind of thing they use. Like, here's why you shouldn't fund Planned Parenthood because this is how they look at it. And if you're gonna make a joke about abortion, it ha- it should really it's got to be so funny, and I don't know how exactly that mm-hmm. works, but it's got to be so good that there's no doubt. We're like, well, this is too funny to not tell, and I think that's got to land. Yeah, any joke 100%. that crosses a line, uh, I feel like it, it's got to be so good that you're like, I can't not tell it. And it was it was sort of like barely a joke, you know. So uh, I don't know. We'll we'll talk a little bit about more of it. But uh, Tamara, as uh, as as the comedian here on the dais, uh, if this were yes, uh, Christian, uh, mm-hmm. what did you think of Michelle Wolf's uh, performance? Um, I I agree with what you've said so far. Some of the jokes were strong. Some of the jokes, I think, maybe not so strong. She does have a new net- Netflix show yes. coming up, so the whole thing was sort of a, a launching pad to be like, you know, great could nah, could not have been better promo for her upcoming her upcoming show. Well, especially so. when you have you know basically you know Sean Spicer tweeted like how terrible and disgusting she was, and so she retweets. You know, where you can comment on a tweet, she says thank you to Sean Spicer because that's like that's the kind of endorsement you want. You know, I, I know it's going to be on Netflix, but uh, you know when you publish reviews, if you put it on the website, website that should be right at the top. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean Spicer hated it. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, the book it, cover, uh, yeah, critiques. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, it would be the dust jacket, mm-hmm. except of course there's no dust jacket on Netflix. For me, I think it's just. It's just, look, there's a lot of things to make fun of Sarah Huckabee Sanders for. I think you just need to be mindful when the person's sitting like eight feet from you. Mm -hmm. And so she she has to sit there. Like, she actually went. The president didn't go. Mm -hmm. You know, she's there. And you don't have to, you know, you don't need to suck up to people in the room because all of a sudden then there's no jokes. But it just... Again, if you're going to make fun of her, have it be funny. Especially because of the fact that in an actual roast, in the Fires Club roast, the point of roasting somebody is they get a rebuttal. Yeah. For her to sit there and just have to take it, it's very painful to watch. Yeah, and again, those those were actually her weakest jokes, and mm-hmm. those are the ones that seem to be getting the the you know the the harshest reaction to. Harsher reaction than the abortion jokes, actually, from uh, I'd say across the spectrum, both sides of the aisle, both sides of the punditry, you know, both cable news channels, and you know, all of them really. But that being mm-hmm. said, there, you know, I, I, you know, I feel like people go back and forth on uh, comedians. It's comedy; you should be able to say everything. That's what comedy is. To whoa, whoa, whoa! There is a line that needs to be crossed. Everybody has their breaking point as to like. Nothing's off limits until the thing that strikes a chord with me, and then that's when you shouldn't say it. So I feel like people always go back and forth as to people are too sensitive, people should be able to say whatever they want. But that being said, this point in time especially, when we have a president in the office who says things that a commander-in-chief would would have been appalled by just four years ago like we we have broken decorum in 
every sense of the word. And we are just in a whole new world because of that. The, the things that come out of the White House at this point is like we've never seen before. So if we're going to have our president say, say and do the things that he feels is appropriate, then I don't think at a White House correspondence dinner, it's fair to tell a comedian that you can't say certain no, things. No, and, and she can say any of it, and to her credit, she's saying she wouldn't change a single word. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's not true, and not because of the offensive ones, but now she knows which ones you know didn't get laughs. So then she mm-hmm. might have changed the words a little bit. But I don't think, I think the spirit of she would still joke about the same things, I think is, is absolutely true. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't think she shouldn't be able to say any of it. I think she should have had the sense to maybe say some of it a little differently, but, uh, you know, it's no skin off, off my neck. It's just it, it, there's sort of the optics of who is this making fun of all these people? She had some great jokes, too, though, by the way. Like she talked about Bear Stearns. Like that was probably the funniest part of it. She, well, oh, I'm bummed it, I missed that one. The, well, mm-hmm. that, that one would be uh, uh, right up your alley. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's got the F word in it, so I don't think I'll tell it. Because even though we could say that here, you never know when there's kids in the room. It's the afternoon here on the West Coast. Scott, mm-hmm. did you uh, get the chance to see the performance or read about it? Or I, I listened to not the whole thing but part of it. And as somebody who has dabbled in the stand-up arts. Um, stand-up arts. It's going to be a real major. That's like college <laughs> soon. It's like calling yes. the bartender the mixologist. Exactly. I, will, I have just a few points on it. One is that she basically got the best thing she could ever get right now, which is that name recognition, like you were saying, Christian, because not many people are familiar with her. And it's sort of the comedian's best thing here. There's a little bit of controversy, but it's also her being talked about. So I, I think I it's thought a, it was comedian Michael Wolf and I was like, whoa, that was a quick left turn from an author to Well, well Fire and Fury did have some comedic moments. But um but I think it's you know, for her this is great. Um but secondly, kind of to both of your points, is that comedy's there and if you're going to this dinner, you know that you are potentially gonna be the butt of the jokes, and especially when you don't have a president that attends anymore, now it's going to be the people that were closest to him, like Sarah. Um, sure, could you could you maybe use different wording? But however, I don't think it was anything that controversial. Kind of going back to what Tamara was saying, the fact that you have a president who tweets horrible derogatory comments on a regular basis, and somehow we're going to be hypocritical when a comedian is standing up there making comments when it's supposed to be a little edgy and a little bit, um, you know roasty in a way uh it it's to me seems very hypocritical and a little silly that we are having a big discussion about this yeah, yeah. four days later uh well, well let me just to to that point i i'll admit that i heard the reaction before i saw it i wasn't going to watch it right actually, i wasn't either I until care. right and then there was a reaction and i realized i needed to mm-hmm. to hear it at least for uh one of the other shows that i do and not so, for this one not well <laughs> i would have i would have read the bullet points this is way if nobody talked about it i probably wouldn't have read it we no, wouldn't be talking about it right now but because it was responding, re- reacted to the way it was. But then when I actually heard it, I'm like, was it that upset? I just assumed the way that the reaction was, you were going to think like, oh, it's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She's a fat pig. Right, exactly. You know, I thought it was going right, to be something. Be really you know, I thought it was going to be, you know, I don't know, like maybe something that the president would write about Rosie O'Donnell. Like I thought it was going to be right. that level of bad. Uh, what were you going to say, Chelsea? I was going to say that I might have a gentle disagreement with where Scott's coming from on this because I know traditionally. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> traditionally, you're right. The White House Correspondents' Dinner is this roasty, comedic affair. Mm-hmm. But right now, and maybe I'm wrong about this, right now, is that really what the White House Correspondents Association should really be doing? Like, its entire industry sort of is is under attack mm-hmm. from this administration, and they kind of gave 
the other side fuel to their fire rather than saying we live in, you know, dark times where the truth is obscured. We're going, you know, there's not really adults in the White House. We're going to be the adults of this, of the time right now. Uh, We are the beacon of truth and light to most of the American people who get lied to constantly by the president and by Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So we're going to step up here and we're not going to pay play back on the level that it's dished out. Mm -hmm. And I think that choosing um, this comedian, and I don't know if this is sort of her like level of jokes or if this is what she brought to this no event. One no one knows. Even Trevor Noah doesn't she, I, I yeah. think it was, I think she made, well, okay, because last year when Hassan Minaj did the, mm-hmm. the, the, he was funny. He, he was, yeah. which we and, barely talked about on this show, by the way, because he, there wasn't that he, much reaction Exactly to yeah. what you're saying. He, the, the, I felt like the point of his 25-minute speech was basically telling the press, like, you have a responsibility mm-hmm. unlike you ever have had before because we are in the time uh, that we are in before. Like, he had, like, a thesis to his right. and very funny jokes within this thesis. And a very, like, right. tr- like truthful, kind of heavy and serious mm-hmm. thesis. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that the the association would have been better served had they kept up sort had of that she theme. had a th- any a overlying point that she was trying to Although make. I did like made the point better. about Flint still has no water. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was just throw away the right. But then also I do think one of the hugest points was that very early on in the speech she was just like somebody should have done more research before you hired uh, I, me. I think that was that, mm-hmm. that's probably in a nutshell. The thing that like, made me laugh out loud the mm-hmm. hardest is what she said that is like, yeah, yeah did they even yeah. did, like Be- there was well look it's like the White House. There was no vetting. Mm-hmm. Why why should why should they have vetted? Right. So uh, they're playing the same way that the White House is and then they want to talk crap about the White House. They should, I think, be pointing out where the White House has gone astray, but then they themselves walked down the exact same trap. Yeah. One of the best things she said was that the the level of attention that they give to Trump, it's like, just admit it, you're in love with him, you know, and you make so much money off of him, the least you mm-hmm. could do is give him some, and then that went back to her theme, which is that he actually doesn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Right. So and her, that was great. I yeah, love that. Yeah. I should have... I thought, I thought that there, you know, look, was it a evenly politically balanced set of remarks? No. Not at all. However, there were good remarks at the expense of Democrats mm-hmm. in that room. There mm-hmm. were great expense at the media, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people in that room who have to act like, you know, they're, they're above all of it. Uh, so, uh, and not surprisingly, uh, President Trump wrote about it. Mm-hmm. He wrote, the White House Correspondents' Dinner was a failure last year, but this year was an embarrassment to everyone associated with it. The filthy, air quotes, comedian <laughs> totally bombed. And uh, we'll, I'll expand on this part in a second. Couldn't even deliver her punch lines. Or actually, just lines. Couldn't even deliver her lines, much like the Seth Meyers week performance. Put dinner to rest or start over. Now, the reference to Seth Meyers when he hosted is 2011. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump was in the room, obviously not president at that point, had toyed with the idea of running for president in the past. And Seth Meyers and President Obama just demolished President Trump like they just every every punch landed, you know. It was like it was like a knockout after like five parts. He, mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't hit back. He just sat there. Barack Obama and Seth Meyers, like Barack wrote some of the jokes. Well, Barack, <laughs> no, because Barack delivered comments as well. Yes. Oh, did he? And yes, yes. Oh, okay. he said like you uh-huh. know when you're president, you have to make decisions that are bigger than a disagreement between Lil Wayne and Dennis Rodman. I, I think you know those might not be the 
the mm-hmm. the the Celebrity Apprentice cast members that he used. But he basically said, I know he said Lil Wayne mm-hmm. because he, the way he delivered Lil Wayne was like you know. Obama had great delivery. And uh, as a lot of people know, I work with Dennis Miller, the comedian, and he is not a fan of President Obama. But uh, even on this week's podcast, he talked about how great Obama was delivering those remarks. And of course, he didn't write them. You know, usually the comedian doesn't write all the things that they do. They wrote. A lot of comedians don't write everything they say. But he was so good. And Seth Meyers was great. Mm-hmm. And you know it drove Trump crazy because he's president and he's still mentioning. There's no reason to mention Seth Meyers now. And I and Seth Meyers, uh, to his credit, uh, retweeted it. And he's like, oh, you remembered. Yes. And, which I think is great. Yeah. And it, it just shows, like, how effective that sort of thing can be. Well, well I was going to say it shows, not to try to jump ahead but, sure. or interrupt, but it shows because he still hasn't shown his face to any of the correspondents in her since he became president. So clearly yeah, he can't I handle mean, any kind of things directed one, towards him. One of the things that uh, we, we talked about this, the, the show that I do with Dennis Miller is called The Dennis Miller Option. It is available Wednesdays from Podcast One. Some of you may know that uh, he tweeted about this, about the correspondence <laughs> dinner. And, and, and is it was he com- unleashing the well, backfire so the, the, tomorrow? The, the, so he had comments of, uh, so his joke was essentially that he had no idea who she was, so he was going to need five days to research who it was and then be able to come up with jokes. Now, what that actually turned into is that Wednesday is the day our podcast comes out. So it was unintentional. Great promotion for us. There's a lot of interest. And uh, suddenly we're the uh, number seven podcast, uh, comedy podcast on iTunes. Anyway, that's some self, self-promotion self there. Uh, but anyway, so what he so he had said that, and I actually forget what the point was. Oh, so we, we talked about this on that show. You know, we talked about how some of these things landed and also this idea that there's no there's nothing to be gained for President Trump by going. You can argue that there's never anything to be gained by any of the presidents. They tend to usually have a better sense of humor about mm-hmm. themselves. Now, Donald Trump attended a Comedy Central roast of himself, but uh, I think he was paid you know handsomely, and if you believe Michelle Wolf, he needed the money. So <laughs> I think that... It's really just – it's just simply he – there's nothing to be gained from it. He, they're going to make fun of him. And even if he just unleashes the greatest response ever, it's still not going to help him. He's still going to feel bad. And people are probably going to be critical of what he says. So, you know what? Go do one of your rallies. You're going to feel better about it. Um, I think for people in the press corps, they would like him to be there. For comedians that are doing that, obviously if President Trump's going to be there – Whoever would be performing isn't going to be, hey, who's that? If you know President Trump's going to be there, you're going to get, you, you know, every, the people will be fighting over, the comedians that we all know will be fighting over who gets the opportunity to do this. Uh, well, but I, I don't know. I mean, what do you, do you think, Scott? Like, can you see, at least from his standpoint, it's like, it's a lose, lose, lose. No, it is for him because yeah. it's him. For him. Uh, yeah. Because he has got zero sense of humor and obviously can't handle, you know, has the thinnest skin ever. However, I, I, the, the winning part of it for him would be just the sense that, he would become more likable potentially for people because he's going and allowing that situation to happen like previous presidents and exactly and poking fun and, and, and having that moment uh, would make him a little bit more likable. But the fact that he refuses to go makes people then think, okay, well again, he has too thin a skin. He He can dish it out, but he can't can't take it it at all, which is also part of what I found hypocritical from the people that are complaining when, Kellyanne Conway and everything else, as you've seen, like tweeting all the stuff. I'm like, you work for a boss 
that dishes it on a regular basis. So, you know, in that sense, I think that would be the only thing that would be positive for some people to kind of look at him and be like, okay, well, at least he allowed himself to be poked fun of and he's if I can go on like, like previous a, presidents, but no, he, he doesn't. So it makes himself look like an idiot. second relevant tangent. Last week when James Comey was still making the rounds Mm-mm. about his book, when he talked to Anderson Cooper, he said one of the things that struck him about President Trump was that he never saw him laugh. Mm-hmm. That there was maybe only one time, and it was when they were at a rally and a dog barked and somebody said, who is that? And somebody in the audience said, Hillary Clinton. And he kind of laughed about that. But other that he's got no humor, right. and mm-hmm. that actually uh, caught Comey's attention as kind of just a bizarre thing about a person, so much so that he included that in his book. So I, I, I am very wary of people that can't laugh right. at all. Period. With them, right. About themselves. I mean, and, and at themselves. Say yeah, what you will. Say what you will about George W. Bush. He could definitely right. laugh at himself. Absolutely. He had, uh, by all accounts, he has a great sense of humor. You know, maybe people didn't like what he did as president, mm-hmm. but you can tell that he was he was able to be in that room. He was able to be roasted essentially by Stephen Colbert in character. And you know, I, I don't think that that was one of those ones that wasn't well received. But he was there. Mm-hmm. That's that's the key to it. Is that he was he didn't he didn't have the Secret Service like usher him away because he uh, didn't enjoy. So it. what does that say about like uh, somebody that can't, um, they're just too weak, emotionally weak, that they can't handle it, or he's going to be traumatized for it, well, like six cl- years later. He needs literally. He, it's, he it's needs a safe to, space. It's yeah. hard to explain. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's uh-huh. hard to explain mm-hmm. without dissecting what is humor, because I feel yeah, like Trump, Professor Trump, <laughs> no, but like Trump think I. He thinks he is funny. I he thinks that he is making jokes when he's giving a speech and he has those mm-hmm. moments where he says things like it, and it doesn't even it doesn't even actually make sense. Um, the thing that he said was it the comment about Megyn Kelly when he's like she's bleeding from her face and bleeding yeah. from well, her no, face no, no, and no, who no, else? Megyn Kelly was Mika Brzezinski. Or Mika Brzezinski. Yes. yes. Megyn Kelly was bleeding from bleeding somewhere from, else. Yes. 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 That's what yes. I mean. It's yes. that comment bleeding from somewhere else. He does these sort of like free associations where he's like. It reminds me of this thing, but he doesn't have the sort of intelligence to create a punchline. So he he makes these sort of free associations where you're 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 if if you have a comedic mind, you can see where he was trying to go, but he wasn't able to complete the landing. So and it's it's, it's always like in a very it's always in a, it's always in a very mean spirited voice too. Mm-hmm. A lot of clips from when he used to host The Apprentice, where he would make. Se- a lot of sexual innuendos about like uh, you know well people being well, on their knees people being on their knees and things yeah. like that it's like he thinks he so these, to him these are jokes he's making jokes I'm sure he thinks he's extremely funny an actual nobody has a better sense of humor <laughs> no. than me yeah an actual setup and punchline he definitely does not have the logic capability to pull that off but I can also see that that makes him not able to understand it when somebody else does when either. someone actually crafts right. a joke well especially if it's at his expense he doesn't understand like to him yeah. I think like, what he th- why he thinks he's so funny is because of Crooked Hillary and mm-hmm. Rocket Man and uh, some of the ones that didn't stick as well and I think that's why he thinks that he's funny well because he's surrounded by you know people who tell him he is but then also I think he's just like oh okay so that got a laugh what he needs to do is he needs to take take these speeches to like the Irvine Improv and before he delivers <laughs> well, them he can workshop them a little bit yeah. Again, you know, like just real quick, like it's the same because there's there's the side of humor that is the actual intellectual written the joke of what is being made. But then there's also the delivery, which is like the the reason that Dane Cook is as popular as he is, is because he has a very like 
humorous persona. It's his delivery. He has no jokes. He's not telling jokes. And Trump is the Dane Cook. Like I'm, that's what he is. You're absolutely right. And I'm glad that you explained to me why people think Dane Cook is funny because I've, I've uh, this whole time I've uh, been trying to figure it out. Anyway, if uh, you're there in the chat, let us know uh, what your thoughts were on the correspondence dinner. And uh, if you're watching this after the fact, leave comments uh, on the YouTube page. And uh, maybe, just maybe, we'll read them next week. Uh, let's move on to uh, another uh, topic that might elicit some laughter here in the studio. Uh, the leader of South Korea says that uh, President Trump could indeed uh, get himself a, a Nobel Peace Prize. I think we're taking it all too far. Could get, Didn't he just say that he could... Sh- I, I, I've been hearing so many things. That, <laughs> by the next time I hear it, it's going to be that he actually won. <laughs> Didn't he just mention yeah. that uh, if things go well, maybe yeah. he should? But no, that's, that's well, he's just saying that if he does this. And it's interesting because just last week, uh, I, I asked the question of just about denuclearizing uh, North Korea. But actual being involved, and all parties are like, you know what, we couldn't have done this without President Trump. If he's actually involved and there is peace between the two of them, and maybe there, maybe there's not even a border anymore, it, you know why it's not so far-fetched, the idea that President Trump could win a Nobel Peace Prize? Yasser Arafat has a Nobel Peace Prize. So at that point, they're just like, oh, okay, so we're just going to kind of give it yeah. to people who kind of help. Yeah. You know, he had to share it with uh, Yitzhak Rabin and Shimon mm-hmm. Perez. But Yasser Arafat has a Nobel Peace Prize. So I think that was the point where the peace, uh, you know, was was a little bit, uh, well, it was probably in air quotes. Right, at the that leader point. of the Rohingya, the the... the the leader where the Rohingya refugees mm-hmm. are leaving. She also won the Nobel Peace Prize, and the consideration is that it should be removed from her. So, yeah, I guess and, it's really right. not it's, all it's that. Very and did President Obama get it the year he, he killed he, Osama, uh, he Osama bin Laden? It. It was like, or he got it the first year. I think he yeah. got it in 2009, uh, which was also interesting because he had just become president. Yeah. Um, but oh yeah, that's like writing it was two more autobiographies right, it was, it was president. More, which he also did. and yes. I get it. It was a little bit more like, okay, why did he actually get this? Yeah. What did he do? So it was a little more symbolic. It's not even that cool it was anymore. More, it was more like a lifetime Grammy was, Award. Yes. You just wanted was, to come to the to the ceremony. Uh, and and I'm going to derail the conversation for a second because to backtrack to that 2011 White House Correspondents Dinner, President Obama's up there giving great jokes. At the moment right. where he's sending SEAL Team 6 into action to kill Osama bin Laden. Yep. And there are jokes being made about how he can't find Osama bin Laden. And he's like, nah. yeah. he's cutaways to him laughing. Anyway, uh, but back to uh, South Korea. And this is something that uh, could happen. And I will ask basically the same question I asked last week. Scott, <laughs> if President Trump is, all parties agree that he's responsible. Whoa, whoa, he's involved whoa, whoa, whoa. for helping. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. If they say, if they, look, if Kim Jong Un, if Kim Jong Un and the leader of South Korea, whose name I always forget, uh, Moon Jae-in, yeah, exactly, Moon Jae-in, if they say like, you know, we can have the president, so he would deserve a Nobel Peace Prize, wouldn't he? What are we teaching the children of America? No, to try to make peace. Um, yeah. If you, if, uh, if so, crazy, you, I'm sorry, you're against peace, Chelsea. <laughs> Happy May Day, comrade. If, is so, is this yes. nicely played? But is this like telling children if somebody comes at you with missiles, you just make fun of them, call them rocket? I mean, is this, I mean, if it gets you to if it gets you to put down the missiles and sign an agreement, sure. I, so if it's this, effective, so we're we're going to fight crazy with crazy, well, and we are going to sanction this. I mean, if you have you ever watched a Real Housewives show, the only way to fight crazy is with crazy. I've and actually never watched one of them, but I assume, yeah, right. I assume, that, I assume that that was a credible <laughs> reference. I'm just, I'm just guessing. 
So is that, I mean, is that, that where well, we're going? That's what's called peace? Uh, right. And I don't think, if anything, it should be the two leaders for North and South Korea because they're the ones that have been meeting. They're the ones that are going through that. I mean, it would just be weird to say, oh, we, we didn't meet except that Trump helped arrange this. Like, it feels a little far-fetched. Well, um, what if they hold it at Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> but, I mean, they already met. They already met yeah, the true. two leaders. So I'm saying if it was going to be anything and, and it actually does move forward and there is some sort of peace or at least a thaw, which, by the way, this was happened back in 2000. We see how well that worked out as well. Um Right. The, this, we were in the same. We're I don't in the think same situation know. in two thousand. They don't. Yeah, they're not thinking about it. And, and it was actually we even, didn't hear about this. Yes, and it, and it was very similar back in two thousand with uh, Kim Jong Un's father at the time. Um, but the point is, it would really should be those two leaders more than Donald Trump because they're the ones that are having to deal with the peace. They're the ones that are on that peninsula that have to deal with whatever strategies they deal with. Not someone that swoops in from the side that wants to take credit. Um, now again, if he if they say that in front of all interested parties in Japan and China and everyone else says yes, it was because of him and whatever, I would say okay, I sure they did it. He did a great uh, effort, like you know, doing the Oscars he, and he got your screeners and getting well, people to vote for you, yeah. kind of thing. But so, I, otherwise, so I don't think it would be him. He, if he was Harvey Weinstein before <laughs> yes. Harvey Weinstein, was Harvey Weinstein. So I guess what you're saying is you feel like the leaders of North and South Korea should win it. Now, if they if win it the, was between them yeah, and him, sure. And if they win yes. the Nobel Peace Prize and Donald Trump doesn't, do you think that Kanye West will storm the ceremony and say, <laughs> "I'm gonna let you finish," but DT should have won this? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, Tamara, what do you think about all this? I don't understand why Moon Jae-in would say that Donald Trump should get mm-hmm. the prize when why not Xi Jinping or Shinzo right. Abe when they're aren't they're equally right when they're there in the region yeah and they're dealing with it I guess it's and he's it's their backyard. all that tells me is that the South Korean president is in on this um, sort of sensational social media uh, sleight of hand where we're bringing something I, I think he's he's trying to do the um, Distraction method. The, the sleight of hand, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, do you think that it, there's a chance that Moon Jae-in is saying, oh, you know, somebody should win a Nobel Prize. No, not not me. No, 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 no. <laughs> not me, not me. But, you know, Donald Trump maybe, but, but again, not me. Is he just trying to have people be like, no, I don't want to give it to Trump, but you know what? It's, you make a good point. Do you think he's he's looking for it without fishing for it? <laughs> that hadn't occurred to me, me either. Well, that's how I look at the world. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's true because it could be a possibility because I can't imagine that he could be that serious. Because really, in essence, if we look at what has Trump done about this situation, he has tweeted insults right. and instigated uh, kind of this back and forth. And you know, my button's bigger than yours. This is how we. We conduct peace talks. Now, if it is successful in achieving peace, okay. But that doesn't mean that that was a a peaceful way to win over peace. Uh, I just don't see how anybody could take that seriously, especially when they're saying part of the reason why Kim Jong-un has come to the table is because his nuclear program is collapsing. And, he, you know, it's what, it blew itself up or something? I'm not quite sure. But that he's just doing this because he's... he did. I was going to say something highly inappropriate, but he <laughs> he did his his show. Well, it was all just a show to scare people, let people think that he's mm-hmm. got something so he can come to the table right. looking strong. Um, but I, please, somebody tell me the the connection between Trump's insults and Kim Jong Un changing his mind about anything. I I 
I guess my lawyer self does not do not see the connection. I see that there is an association with time that they were made n- sort of near each other, but mm-hmm. um, this that's not a causative relationship enough for me. I think that we're not looking far back enough, and the only person that would need this Nobel Peace Prize, of course, would be Dennis Rodman, because <laughs> without him, there would not have been any thawing here. You know, but, so interesting that we're talking about this, because this is an excellent opportunity to introduce a fun new feature we're going to do today called Fast Facts. Uh, we're going to, now, we should have orchestrated this better before we went on the air, but because we didn't, so I'll go first, we'll go down the line, and then Tamara will do number four. Five and I'll do number six. And I should have printed these out with names, but you know what? I didn't. That's how we fly so, yeah, that's right. how we roll. Uh, so as we've been discussing uh, this past Friday, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and South Korean President Moon Jae-in pledged to make peace. But in order to reunify the Korean peninsula, the North and South are going to have to find some common ground. Now, all of us here at the Trump Report, we thought this opportunity would be a good chance to educate ourselves about what North and South Korea have in common with a new, minimally researched and barely prepared segment we call Fast Facts. And here's what we found. In South Korea, they speak Korean. In North Korea, they speak only when spoken to. Mm-hmm. Fast Fact number two. In South Korea, it is custom to respect your elders. In North Korea, it is custom to murder your elders who pose a threat to dear Lord leader's authority. Christian, is so funny. I thought that was a good one. Look, I didn't write these. Oh. Great, I can our, legitimately laugh at them. I'm not laughing at myself. Those are your great research team that we have here. We've got yeah. like dozens of researchers yeah. working around the clock. Minimally researched interns. Yes. Uh, fast fact number three. In Seoul, South Korea, they have a vibrant arts district. In Pyongyang, North Korea, they have a vibrant Dennis Rodman. <laughs> oh, the bell's over there. I feel like Oh, yeah, we should have the bell. Uh, That's all right. Fast fact number four, in South Korea, they eat kimchi with every meal. And in North Korea, Kim Jong-un eats every meal with every meal. (laughs) (laughs) meal meal. I don't know why food jokes get me. Uh, Fast fact number five, in uh, Haydendang Park in Seoul, South Korea, it has penis-shaped statues. Uh, The central luxury mansion in Pyongyang, North Korea, has a penis-shaped dictator. (laughs) And finally, fast fact number six. Cutting-edge technology made in South Korea includes the microtrip in the Apple iPhone. Uh, Cutting-edge technology made in North Korea includes the Apple. And that is fast facts. Uh, Let us know what you think. Do you have any fast facts of your own? Send them to us in the comments, or you can tweet them at this. We'll give all the Twitter there. Uh, Thanks to Tamara for uh, minimally minimally preparing. And, uh, you know, I think that the preparation was a little too minimal on my part. (laughs) Uh, We should have had the bell. I think that would have been Uh, fun after each one. Uh, but you know you what? Live and you learn. This yeah. is a, this is a, this is show business. A, we'll get it next time. Yeah. Uh, yeah anyway, uh, you know, I made a reference uh, not that long ago to Kanye West, and I will admit I, I don't I don't get it at all. Like any the whole Kanye thing from beginning to end, it's just it's not it's not my thing. I understand and why he's so why people like him. What, yeah, like that his music supposedly sounds good. It, look. It's that he's again, a genius. I've, believe me, I've heard that. That he's genius, and I'm just like, if you say so, uh, I don't get it. But the you. idea that he's just like, oh, you know, I kind of look, and it's gotten stronger because he's doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down. But the idea that he initially was like, you know, I don't, uh, I don't really hate this Trump character, and then people are like, oh my god, what's wrong with him? 
you know, he, he, he obviously needs some kind of psychiatric, uh, you know, observation, which he probably does need just for other reasons. Uh, but I don't, I find the whole thing to be interesting because it's like, well, Kanye, how dare you like president Trump? And this, I, I, I already kind of have like a nothing opinion of him. So this, this hasn't, this certainly hasn't raised it. hasn't really lowered it though. So, I, I don't know. Um, am I missing something with Kanye? Uh, yeah, he, and, and, and he just Tamara... used you. Oh, he was get... talking about him? Yes, and I think that's the point, because I would not have known, had it not been for me reading about this, that he has like five albums coming out. I wouldn't care, so I wouldn't five know Five albums? But because of the coverage from this, these comments, these tweets, that's how I know that. So he won. Do, he won this game. Do people buy albums know. anymore? Why would you put out five of them? I, I don't even know if you can sell one. I mean, the, he can sell one of them. It's the I don't. exact <laughs> same thing that happened when he said George Bush doesn't care about black people. Mm-hmm. That was in preparation for an album that was coming out shortly after he The said album that. was called George Bush doesn't Does not care, care about, about black mm-hmm. people. Which, before we move on, let's talk about that moment when that happened on that fundraiser. And uh, that was for Katrina. And poor Mike Myers. Whatever you think of him, whatever you think of Austin Power, he's standing there next to him and he's like... <laughs> like, no, right. no, no, go to a tight shot. And poor Mike Myers is stuck there. I and he's like, I, like I can't, I can't be like this. Yeah. I can't say no because then that's like, oh, oh, okay. So you think that George Bush likes black people, and you also don't want to endorse the comments. So you're like, look, I'm Canadian. I just, <laughs> I, like, yeah, I, no skin I'm, in the game here. I'm here as a favor. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to help you raise money. You know, I mean, I thought that if if I picked up a phone and somebody, I said shagadelic, maybe somebody donate an extra hundred dollars. What are you doing? Anyway, so this is just like that. And do you think him, uh, you know, ruining Taylor Swift's speech, who I also don't get, but uh, Taylor Swift's speech, do you think that was also? So this is, is everything motivated towards selling the product? Did he have an album product? coming out after I, that? I, I mean, don't know. Is that is that why he married a Kardashian? Is it all come down to him, like, moving the product? I can't analyze Kanye's entire existence, but I do think he has some mental issues that need to be addressed, but... Kind of I, like the president. He's, he's, I did see something. It was, oh, I don't know if I want to be laughing at this, especially announcing it, but did anybody else see the meme where you have the backsides of Amber Rose, Kim, and Trump, and it says, well, now we see what Kanye likes about all yeah. of them. <laughs> well, well, Trump does have a little uh, a little junk in the trunk. Yeah. Right? I think it's okay. That booty, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, uh, anyway back to your thoughts, Tamara. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I just think that he, Kanye has a, a, a grade A management team that tells that knows when to let him unleash the Kanye, the crazy, the mm-hmm. crazy so that it it's, works out to his advantage. Yeah, and I mean, he it always works out to his advantage uh, because uh, here here we are talking about right. it, and you had the you had the president tweet back to him, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, there's there's obviously something to be said there. Uh, Scott, your your thoughts on well, Kanye in general, if you like, but well, uh, about <laughs> you know, if you have time, but uh, it, about sort of him weighing in on this and cho- and and you know, at Trump a time, is my let's, let's admit, yeah. it is, it is, yeah, exactly. Do they look so much alike? Uh, it, it is. It's not really the time to be going out there and and really standing by the president. Uh, what do you think about uh, Kanye doing this? No, I have to agree with Tamara on that. I think it's a great publicity move for him because he knows that. Donald Trump is easily flattered, and if you say a couple nice things to him, especially someone you know that has also a celebrity, that's going to make him feel very special and flattered. And now he's tweeting about it, and it's giving him free publicity. So he was very smart to do that, and I didn't even realize he had 
albums, multiple albums coming out. But now it does make more sense because I kept thinking in my head too. I'm like, what is the reason behind the timing of him doing this? Um, so I, I do, I do have to say it's it's great publicity for him. And by the way, you and telling me that crazy. Kanye has five albums coming out? It's the same reaction I had when I heard that James Cameron's working on three Avatar sequels. I'm like, are you sure that people want that many? But you know what? <laughs> Again, what do I know? Uh, the interesting thing was there was yeah. a point early in sort of this this narrative of Kanye talking about Trump and uh, Chance the Rapper, uh, whom I, I'm not even going to pretend I, I know anything about <laughs> Chance the Rapper, but I, I've heard the name before. I at least know that much. Uh, uh, sort of, you know, added it a little bit, and and he immediately had to clarify. Oh no, no, I don't like Trump. I just I like Kanye. That's what I meant. And you know, I think that it, I guess it takes a certain kind of crazy to stand by Donald Trump <laughs> and continue to stand because uh, you know, I mean, we talked about uh, was it Shania Twain? Was that last yes. week already? Yes. Uh-huh. That was this is how quickly. Yeah, and she was, was like, years ago. he's like, oh, I would have voted for him. No, not really. Just kidding. I would not have voted for him. I'm I sorry. Know, I, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> you know, uh, I. I think I think somebody somebody hacked my brain and, and you know put that in there. Uh, anyway, I, I don't know, but uh, it's uh, it's all interesting. And if if Kanye legitimately likes Donald Trump, good for him that he decided to go public with it and not just like yeah, I'm going to well, send I mean, I'm going to send you a little note. He did go to Trump Tower right after the president won. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his affinity for him is not this new thing. Right. I just think. You know, the reason he's coming out with it now is because it gets him some more attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and he was specifically, he was angling uh, to be mentioned on the Trump report. I think is the only reason <laughs> that Kanye did this. Like, like he, it naturally, like most I people. I think if somebody briefed Kanye on the more specifics of what Trump does in his political life, I think Kanye would be singing a different tune. But I, when but, you only I'm have not- a very surface grasp of what's going on politically and uh, you're creating the narrative that you want out of somebody that you see is just brash and doesn't care what people think, then I can see why Kanye would be on his side. I kind of do see them as two peas in a pod. I do Mm -hmm. think uh, playing armchair psychology that whatever affliction Trump has, Kanye has a similar strain. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of see... The similarities and see why Kanye would look at him as his long lost twin. Uh, speaking of long lost twin, uh, <laughs> Dr. Harold Borstein, uh, Bornstein, whom I uh, before the show said looked like Bruce Valanche uh, enough <laughs> so that I thought that a thumbnail photo mm-hmm. of Dr. Harold Bornstein. I really thought I, I I told Scott this. I was like, why did they put a picture of Bruce Valanche there? No, so he's the doctor that. I don't remember the exact uh, uh, verbiage that he used, but uh, you know he talked about just how tremendously healthy he was, like the healthiest human being that he had ever seen. And I think he signed off on the document that said that President Trump was like three inches taller than he actually is, so mm-hmm. that his weight, you know, the weight was like legitimate. But by saying he was taller, it made that he was like two pounds under obese, uh, <laughs> which that's right up your alley because it's a fat joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't joke. like fat jokes. I like <laughs> food jokes. Is it because you don't like to eat? It's not true. I do like to I eat. Know. I know. Every type of kale under the sun. <laughs> I saw you eating that veggie burger from across the street last week. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Dr. Howard Bornstein, believe it or not, there's a point in here. Uh, he was uh, President Trump's physician for, believe it or not, more than three decades. And he, that uh, the White House is saying that his office was not raided. 
Uh, and that happened uh, when. Uh, so Wait, what, what he's saying? Huh? So he said his office he, was not was raided. not raided when a White House aide arrived at his practice and retrieved the president's medical record medical records more than a year ago. He's he saying said, that he was robbed. And that it was basically like a theft. So it wasn't like an official investigation. And so he says, I've been waiting humiliated for an entire year. Uh, and how would you feel if you care for someone for 35 years and they came and robbed your office? So what he's okay. saying. Go ahead. Sorry. He, when I heard him talking about it, he described it as, I feel like I have been raped. Mm-hmm. Well, that word does not appear in the quotes that I have. And I'm not doubting that's that you've heard, heard it. Yes, but I, I heard didn't, that, is, that yeah. is not. So here's the problem. You see what website I'm on, CNN.com. So that's fake news. That's my fault. <laughs> I should not have gone to fake news. And I should have known better. Uh, so, but the point is that... Sarah Hickory Sanders like, that is standard operating procedure. It's right here. When somebody uses that kind, that kind of phrase... That SOP? Kind of yeah. yeah um, that's its standard operating procedure. Uh, the White House has a standing st- standard operating procedure about how to recover the president's... Um, personal medical records? I don't think so. Actually, I'm pretty sure, if because I have... In the lawyer world, we get it by a subpoena if you want them, but a, a patient can get their own records mm-hmm. if they want. They go and they ask for a copy, but they don't get to take the actual physical originals. You don't so, actually get to go into the office after hours and take it. I mean, I, I, I don't think that it was... You know, that's like saying it was standard operating procedure for G. Gordon Liddy to let himself in to... Or have his his thugs let themselves into the uh, Watergate and just like, we're just going to help ourselves to a few things here. It's fine. And apparently Trump was pissed because the doctor came out and said that he had prescribed Trump Propecia mm-hmm. for his hair and that that really pissed him off. And that Trump said, oh, you thought you were going to be the White House doctor. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Well, uh, and by the way, uh, if ever there was an ad that Propecia does not really work, it would be whatever that thing is that is on the the president's head. Um, I disagree. I think it's doing its job. Well, that's true. 70 year old, what is he, 70? 71 71 year old man to have that much hair that it's It's like. It's not that much. It's just just, long and and stringy. And fluff. I'd say, and I'd say that Propecia is working real hard, and it's doing. I'd say that's an endorsement for that's Propecia. That's true. It is, it is working very hard. It's, uh, you too yeah. could have hair all like that. But uh, so, so I mean, the, the doctor is basically saying is that you know basically the the, the quote is they barge through the back door, they terrified the secretaries, so they didn't even go after hours. Uh, they pushed aside the patient that was in there, and he didn't clarify who the they were, but uh, that it did not adhere to privacy laws. Um, we have no reason to assume that this – other than that he's a weird-looking guy. There's no reason to assume that this didn't happen. Uh, Scott, you hear this. Does this just reinforce like, oh, OK, but the the White House just thinks they can do whatever they want? Yes, and I <laughs> – it does, of course. But the whole thing is just weird. Like I don't even I, – I, I don't even understand – I don't understand why thing. he waited a year to come out. Was he afraid right. for his life? Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand this whole story. It's very bizarre to me from the beginning, but nothing should surprise me anymore with this But there's probably something in there that yes. talked about a a referral to a psychiatrist, right. perhaps, right. and Trump didn't want that to get yes, out. Yes, of course. It's, Not that it would get out, but he probably doesn't afra- know that. Yes, or also afraid that somehow he would leak it or something, and somehow it would... I, I, the whole thing is very weird to me, and I don't really quite understand it, but... Is he gunning for the VA secretary job or something? It's open. He- <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, my 
thought is that uh, Dr. Bornstein has five albums coming out <laughs> at some point <laughs> next year. And he just figured that this is finally yes, the time uh-huh. to get it out Use this publicity now to his peak uh, advantage. Anyway, we uh, that, that believe it or not, <laughs> that wraps up our show for uh, this week. Uh, we talked about uh, like two and a half topics. And I think we had a great conversation. I hope you did too. And uh, leave us your comments on YouTube, or you can follow the show on Twitter at Trump Report ABTV, and you can follow me on Twitter at Christian DMZ, and you'll find links to all the various uh, things that I do, including the aforementioned Dennis Miller option Wednesdays from Podcast One. Chelsea Galicia, where do people find you? Whoa. At Chelsea Galicia. <laughs> Tamara. It's hard for me to match that. That energy. Where do people uh, find you, Tamara? Subscribe to my YouTube page. Hey, Tamara. And maybe Michelle Wolf will make jokes about one of the impressions you do. We'll find That's out. That's right. And Scott Moore. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at sman80. All right. Thanks so much. We'll be back next Tuesday at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. But until then, have a good one. Bye. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.